Oil's going to have to stay high for a while right. for people to believe it and then act on it. And I don't think we need $100 oil. We, the government gets involved in SPR and all this kind of stuff. You know, we don't need $100 oil. I mean, give me 80, give me 85 for five years. I'd much rather have that than 120 for five months. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, you know, knock on wood, I'm sitting here as an energy guy at, hoping we don't have $100 oil. Right. Yeah. Weird, but to me, longevity translates to one more money, right? The area under the curve, more money. And two, sort of more respect, better valuations. Wow, this industry gets it. Oil and gas makes modern life possible. The energy the world requires today and tomorrow will come from decisions made in the oil field today. Oil and gas will remain the leading source of fuel to power affordable energy that is sustainable for the billions of people that depend on the success of the industry. The oil field is a group of people, companies, technologies, and institutions working towards providing the world with safe, clean, storable, and transportable power. The Oilfield 360 podcast is a 360-degree deep dive into the leaders of the industry who will provide listeners with a first-hand account of what it takes to build, maintain, and lead the energy business into the future. The Oilfield 360 podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Lockton Global Energy and Marine, uncommonly independent. Lockton is the world's largest privately owned insurance broker and risk finance advisor. Lockton's global energy expertise is centered in Houston, and represents the largest concentration of energy specialists, clients, and experiential knowledge in the upstream, midstream, and downstream segments of the oil and gas industry. Visit LockedIn.com for more information. Upright Digital. Upright Digital specializes in partnering with your business to maximize marketing efficiencies. We have a deep understanding of people, their needs, motivations, behaviors, as well as the technologies that enable brands in many industries to utilize what is available in a changing digital landscape. Find us online at uprightdigital.com. the Oilfield 360 podcast. My name is Josh Lowry. This is a special episode of the Oilfield 360. We are coming to you live from the Pickering Energy Partners offices. Uh, I am joined, I am the co-host visitor today of the Oilfield 360 podcast, joined with Mr. David DeRote. How are you, David? Doing well, doing well. I'm wondering, you know, we <laughs> fired you a while back. I'm That's right. Confused as to how you keep coming back. But, well, uh, I like this podcast. Yeah. That's good. I like it. I know this podcast. This one is, uh, this feels like old home week for me. It's fun to go back and talk about, you know, my roots and some of the, the subject matter of, uh, of the Oilfield 360, you know, the guests. And we just spent a week talking about this. So I'm excited about some of the subjects. But, um, yeah, no, thanks for having me back. I was afraid you wouldn't let me. It's the, you know, the audience hasn't heard me in a while. You guys have had Jim Wickland on and a couple other co-hosts or guests. And uh, I like sneaking back on about once or twice a year. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's good to see a uh, refreshing outfit back. You know, <laughs> we right. were we were in Pebble Beach earlier this week, and you had the, uh, you know, billionaire financial advisor look, all black hoodie. I did. And, and non uh, with, uh. with shoes, or the shoelaces match, but I see you've, you've gone back to the multicolored shoelaces. So when we flew out, I wore all black in a hoodie. I was going for the billionaire um, Silicon Valley look, yeah. but I don't have the money or the intelligence. So it was, a, it was really just a tough look to get in there. It was – I was scoped out pretty quickly as not being the real deal. But, uh, but yeah, I'm back to my golf attire. Yeah. So it's good to see you, buddy. Yeah, it's good to see you. But this is a special episode. we got a lot to talk about today. We're actually in the Pickering Energy offices, which, as you know, you mentioned I was fired. I would call it really, you know, a, a, what a friendly leave, if repurposed. you will. Repurposed. Yes, repurposed to go to another of one of our podcasts with a good friend of ours, uh, Mr. Dan Pickering, who is our, our guest today, actually one of our guests today. How are you, Dan? I am great. Glad to be here. 
Sorry, I, I didn't get a chance to see this black hoodie look that, that uh, you were sporting. But, it was very cool. Um, excited to be on this podcast. Thanks, David, for including yeah. us. It wasn't a full Chuck Yates look, but uh, uh-huh. we had to <laughs> caution him, you know. Yes. So Dan and I do the Energy and Transition podcast, and it's been going great. And um, But today we are totally different subject matter. Really, again, back to a lot of our roots. Um, and we have... Dan, Chief uh, Investment Officer of Pickering Energy Partners, and Walker Moody, the President of Pickering Energy Partners. How are you, sir? Doing good. Thanks, guys. Glad to be here. So I know everybody, the answer, but have you ever done a podcast before? No, Dan has actively kept me from podcasts. I mean, it's been a concerted effort over many years, and, and I finally was able to trick him today. This is it, number yeah, one. this is it. I like it. Well, the podcast world is excellent. There's, you know, we find that a lot of people, this audience has just grown since 2019, since we started it up. And it is an amazing thing. We are really proud of the, the audience growth. It's all over the world. I think you're going to be really blown away by how many people that, number one, that you know, your friends that are in the industry that listen to it. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing how many people give you a call and say, hey, you did a great job. On your, or you crashed and burned. We're going to find out which one. I have a feeling it's going to be great. So thanks for coming on today. Oh, appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having us. There's a lot to talk about, isn't there? It is. This is, um, we had a pretty big announcement today and, and it's right before Labor Day. And so we've got a lot, we've got a lot going on. Well, so we're going to get into the big announcement here in a minute. Um, but you know, really the, the core of this podcast was always about how did you build the widget, whatever the widget was, and what did you have to struggle with to build the widget? And you know, I don't know if you guys would like to kind of take that for a minute and and just really talk about how Pickering Energy Partners came together, um, how you guys have known each other. And I think the audience would like to hear that um, because I, I would like to hear it, really. And, you know, David knows a lot more of this stuff than I do. So I'm really I'm more of a spectator, if you will. And it's so if you don't mind, Walker, I'd love to hear your version of the story of how you guys met, got involved. This is first podcast ever. And you have to explore and you have to take the lead right from the moment. So go, you're on. All right, I need to quit. All right, I'm sorry, too much pressure. No, well, we, so I've worked with Dan for about 15 years, I think. Um, joined him after I left Goldman Sachs um, to, to join him, Bobby Tudor, Maynard Holt at Tudor Pickering Holt, and to be a chief operating officer on the asset management side of the house. You know, you fast forward 15 years, this business, Pickering Energy Partners, um, is essentially in the same core businesses that Dan's been leading and a part of, you know, for his, you know, career. Investment banking, research, asset management, and consulting. And so when I when I think about how we got here today in the widget, it we we spun out of our former parent, Tudor Pickering Holt and Perla Weinberg, who had um, who had acquired and merged in Tudor Pickering in 2019. And we, you know, if you, we think back at 2019, that was pre-COVID, right? Which feels like it was a billion years yeah, ago, right? Exactly. This another, is before we learned. Another planet. No, I mean, it's, it, it was before we learned how hard it was to teach our kids and, you know, all those wash fruit, right? Remember from the grocery store? Yes. Wash the bags they came in. By yeah. The for some reason, my wife, uh, Chanel, made me go to the grocery store in those early days because I guess I was expendable. Yes. That was the message yeah. that I got. Um so we we spun we spun our business out and and then covid hit and essentially everything ground to a halt like it did for all of us and dan and i met up and had a dinner in kind of april or may of 2020 and and the world is still crazy, right? You know, Houston was empty of traffic, mm-hmm. um, which was a blessing. Oil um, was minus 30 that month of April. That's right. And, you know, you're you're kind of asking God to kill you because you're like, what is going on? You know, wh- where are we going to get out of here? And, and we kind of had a decision to make. And the decision was you're, you had been now, this is 2020, you'd been five years into the downturn. Right. Mm-hmm. Forget negative $37 a barrel oil for a second. We had heard for five years that hydrocarbons and oil are a thing of the past. And and that's that's a hard drumbeat to hear over and over again, month after month, quarter after quarter, year over year. But we're sitting there in 2020, and we look across the energy financial services landscape, and we have many friends 
um, and clients and partners out there. And in 2020, at that moment, you, you had a chance to look at whatever you were doing and think, is this really what I want to be doing? Am I doing this the right way? Whatever equity you might have had is probably worth a lot less at that point in time, right? There's a lot of, there was a lot of questioning. And so at that, at that dinner meeting, Dan and I said, well, this is kind of what we know. Dan's been doing this for 30 years, me for 20. My family's from Midland, Texas, been in the oil field services business since the 30s, which is why we're not rich. I wish it would have been upstream. I wouldn't have to work with right. this guy. <laughs> and, and, uh, and we sat there and, and said, you know what, this is the opportunity to, to really play offense because hydrocarbons and specifically oil and gas are not going away. This is, this is just a phase. And at some point, the world will recognize that trustworthy barrels matter, that oil and natural gas, it's not an either-or strategy. It's not a transition. It's, a, it's an all-of-the-above, and it's going to be needed for quite a while. And so at that point, we decided to go play massive offense, and we started speaking to a number of professionals, firms, and, and people that we really like, trust, and think we're smart, and said, why don't you come work with us? And we ended up lifting out teams and, and um, in asset management like Sailing Stone, merging in businesses, research businesses that we'd known for a long time, Josh Martin and team, um, doing lifting out a team from NASDAQ and from Wood McKenzie to do some consulting work, um, hiring investment bankers in the energy transition space. And, and you look up and today, from that meeting, you know, we're three years and change from it. We have built back an energy financial services firm um, that has all of the pieces to be able to deliver to clients, not just in the regular way, traditional energy, upstream midstream oil field services, but also some of these energy transition subsectors that have, have become more prevalent. So it really came from that looking at each other and saying, should we do this? Because no one else was going to play offense at that time. You know, we were, we were still homeschooling right. our kids. And uh, so that's, that's kind of the, I guess, the untold history of, of how we're back at having 65 people and, and investment banking research, private and public equity, and, and consulting services. Is that how you remember the story? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he didn't mention the loving look. At that dinner, um, it it is. I mean, the the reality is that we were we spun out of TPH as an asset management business, and um, we looked at the world and said, you can either do that or you can grow. I think the one other thing Walker didn't talk about was what we knew in 2019 is going to be hard to grow an asset management business because nobody wanted to put more money in oil and gas at the time. And so, you know, inherently companies want to grow. We wanted to grow. We wanted to be bigger. We wanted to make more money. We wanted to be more active. We wanted to be more visible. And so to do that, you can't push a string. We can't make people give us more assets to manage in the asset management business. Um, but we could find other folks that were doing that. He mentioned Sailing Stone. We could find people who had problems and in, in help them from a consulting perspective. Um, one of the consulting ads was in ESG, which we thought was going to be meaningful and has been. And so um, the desire to grow in an environment where our core business at the time was challenged, you know, you just go out and talk to smart people. I would also say behind that, all of these discussions we had, most of them were, you know, we'd been talking to these people for years. You know, we had discussions with the Sailing Stone team for six or seven years, and the moment finally occurred. And so uh, I do remember it the same, and recruiting is hard. Uh, it's, but it's easier to recruit when it's, when you're talking to people who want to do the same thing, stay in the energy business, be focused in the energy business. And so, um, you know, when the history book is written, and this is not it, um, you know, we, have, we don't have enough history yet to write the book, but, you know, we're going to look back and say COVID was the best opportunity we ever had. Right. That's absolutely right. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. 
I know Walker mentioned that, you know, there wasn't a lot of people on offense. I know there were a lot of people trying to think what what their next steps would be, and I know a lot of folks were, were actively thinking about um, – what the future may hold, but it's uh, it's it's definitely not we're not walking away from uh, from oil and gas any anytime soon, and so uh, I think there was a there was a there's been a big void created in the market from you know the old traditional TPH uh, being acquired by Perel Lundberg and then you know Simmons and Company by Piper Sandler and and uh, you, know, you still have some of the boutiques out there, but um, Guys like me who've known you guys for a while, uh, you know, it's just when's the when's the natural evolution going to occur? Um, you know, what's what's next and when's that going to happen? And obviously that that has to be methodically thought out, and you got to be strategic. And uh, like even in our own business, we can go buy stuff all day long, but that's uh, you're at risk of culture and adding a bunch of extra noise that you can go about it organically with the right people. So. You know, he brings up a good point. Did you guys feel the pressure to come back? To come back? I, I say come back. I keep wanting to say that come back. I know it's not a comeback, but it is a reentry. I mean, you know, it's um, – Reentry it, into oil and gas just banking. Yes, because you, you did – you've stepped away, but, I mean, your names are synonymous with this. You've been around. Was there a, was there a pressure from the industry to say you're, you're both too young, you've got too uh-huh. much talent, you – you can put teams together like this. You, you, it's your duty to – you understand the fundamentals so well. You have to come and make sure that, you know, people don't just walk away from this, this industry. And I mean, was there any pressure like that from friends, partners, investors? I don't know what the word I'm looking for exactly. And I, don't, I say come back. Am I, am I, is that too um, – Well, I mean, I think what you're referring to is, is we just – what we just announced is that we'd hired – you know, basically a, a team to do upstream and, and OFS. I got ahead of myself. Banking. See, yeah, I did. So we brought in we brought in a team <laughs> to do that. Hired some folks that had been at a big bulge bracket, and um, and so that's that's really our return to traditional oil and gas investment. Well, banking. let's set that up properly. And since I've blown the announcement here, let's uh, let's give this some proper attention. So why don't you guys tell us, because I know there's a lot of work that just went into this. So give us the proper announcement of your entry in traditional <laughs> investment banking here. I thought I just did. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, I but think I want, he's saying you did it poorly. No, yes. I, I, it just deserves the fanfare because I feel like I kind of soft sold it. Yeah, point, Walker, why don't, why, don't you, why don't you say what I just said in that way? And I'll do it. Let, me, voice. let yeah. me pep up. Um, Thank you. So, Sorry, Dan. This that's is, okay. This is, it's to, okay. Today we're excited to announce, guys, that um, we have lifted out a senior investment banking team from Barclays and some other professionals from Bulge Brackets across Wall Street to essentially bring back capabilities in upstream and oil field services, investment banking services. We had had a non-compete um, that expired last September. And so Dan and I have been working on this for about um, about a year, really, um, and interviewing over over 50 bankers, trying to find the right culture fit, Dave, your, to your point. And we're very excited to have Robin Underwood and Jason Kivett, Patrick Collins, and their broader team join us today. And, and – to your point, Josh. Break, breaking news, David. This is yeah. it is breaking news. And to your point, Josh. I mean, we, we, we aren't. It's a it's a reentry because we've offered Dan. I've been a part of investment banking um, for almost all of our careers, but but we we are now able to directly help companies, and we're not running away from energy, right? Mm-hmm. So so we are we are not giving press releases to say that you know hydrocarbons are bad. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite the opposite. So having Robin and Jason and team join us and join the energy transition banking team we've had for almost two years now, we, we can really do investment banking services across the spectrum of energy for the first time um, in a while. And so that's, that's the big announcement mm-hmm. today, and we're pretty excited about it. So w- what would make those guys leave uh, Barclays and some of the other folks y'all are talking to to come, you know, to uh, – Yeah. Why come to a De novo startup, if you will? Yeah, exactly. So um, when you think about, so we think we've got a great platform here. Uh, so gosh, come join a team that really cares about energy. I think for the bigger bulge bracket firms, the interest we had was those folks knew they were going to be able to do their job, 
ad infinitum, right? We're not going to go away from oil and gas and bulge bracket firms. Some have already left. Some are in the process of leaving and some are shrinking. I don't think anybody's getting lots bigger in traditional oil and gas. And so um, I think I think there was an interest in being on a platform where they could kind of bring their skills and know that they can continue to deploy those skills, you know, for the foreseeable future. And so I think the fact that we're energy and going to stay in energy was attractive. Um, the other piece is, you know, we, what we had to find was the culture fit for folks who wanted mm -hmm. to build something. So right. the things that we don't do and won't do at Pickering Energy Partners, we're not bringing a balance sheet. We're not bringing a, an Asian refining team, right? We don't have a global 100-person uh, franchise. We've got a very focused franchise. And so they're losing some arrows in their quiver when they join us. But what they're really gaining is focus and the ability to kind of be entrepreneurial, work on the things they want to work on, not have – we have all sorts of processes to vet our clients, for instance, in, in specific transactions. But um, that takes six hours, not six weeks. You know, less bureaucracy, more focus. And so I think that was the kind of key dynamic. And, and I think the other piece of it is that um, – we can be just as profitable, if not more profitable, around transactions. We don't have to do $100 million a year to have a very profitable business. And so I think the ability to, to show up in a platform that cares about energy is going to care about energy for the foreseeable future, going to give them an entrepreneurial, you know, let's focus on the clients you want to focus on and, you know, make a lot of money doing it. That resonate it doesn't resonate with everybody mm -hmm. and so you know we had a headhunter helping us you know reach out to these folks and so we never really talked to the folks who said i'd never go to a boutique you know uh, but at the same time we got to be competitive you know we, we can't say join us and and uh make it a complete flyer and so you know we folks had to feel like they could succeed on this platform and we'll help them yeah you know it's it's interesting i i go back to that by the way, tremendous announcement. Congratulations. I know there were a lot of work went into that. Thanks. And we're pumped. I bet. I bet that's a lot of work. Um, how does it feel? I mean, the, the difference between this podcast and others is actually the Oilful 360 audience likes to hear about the details, but they also like to hear about, as I mentioned, the story behind the story. What does it feel like today? Well, it's, it's, we're pretty excited around here because bringing this team and, and the full technical team, geologists, engineer mapper i mean we'll, we'll have the technical team as well that we've lifted out it, you know we're energy dorks here right i mean that's, that's we just can't get away from it so the water cooler talk the um you know the the hey take a look at this aspect everybody here you know 25 percent of our people are technical energy folks small talk is energy talk it is mm -hmm. and and with a quarter of them engineers geologists geophysicists are coming from the industry here at pickering you know, you can't you can't go too far or too many offices either in consulting or research or the private equity team or the public equity team without having somebody that wants to dig in on something. And you all notice, you all can see around here, we got whiteboards everywhere. Mm -hmm. That's why people like working here. To Dan's point, we we have a high R squared when it comes to entrepreneurial people here. You know, like they if 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 you are not a lover of bureaucracy and and you like to to build a business and to have the freedom to do so this is an awesome place mm -hmm. and so that's 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 really the buzz around here and why the excitement is because now we have robin and jason and patrick and some some other really strong deep domain experts that just adds to the energy brain around here and that's pretty awesome yeah it's it's exciting although it's sort of like um we've been working this for months and months and months <laughs> mm -hmm. and so from our perspective, I mean, we're telling the market today, but I mean, we've been working this for a long time. Yeah, six months. And so it's sort of like our baby's being born. Right. And uh, we've been prepping for a while. So it's it, it feels great. It it doesn't feel new to us, but we know it's new to the market. Right. Have you, well, the press release, it's, we're midday. We don't like to timestamp these things because podcasts live forever, but this is a midday recording. 
have I, the press release went out this morning. Have you guys received phone calls so far? We have. Yeah. There's, there's, we have, we've had more phone calls, and it's not just from mom saying congratulations. <laughs> Although my mom is excited. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I like to hear that. No, the, the, you know, a couple of the calls. It's interesting this morning. It's um, saying, "Hey, I'm glad you guys are doing this," and and in particular from from one company CEO is like, "Hey, I'm going to support you guys because you you are." you know, all energy. And, and so I'd like to meet the team. We'll see what work we can do. And that's, that's kind of, that's a, that's a nod from the industry saying, Hey, we are subscribers to your research, or maybe we are co-investors with you, or we've just known Dan for 20 years, but they're, they are appreciating the fact again, that we're not running away from it. We're playing offense Mm -hmm. and we're, we're not making a decision on whether energy is important or not, or whether we should be public about oil and oil and gas. No, I think it's good. As I've I've said publicly, I, I think we label the, the energy industry as a, as a, uh, an industry. And I I really think it's the economy because it ultimately makes everything happen. And uh, I don't think, people are thinking critically enough about it and i know in my own business um, my clients uh, prospective clients like the fact that's all i'm focused on it's all i care about and not you know not just having the technical acumen to to be able to to provide lift as opposed to drag but but really advocating on behalf of the industry and and trying to help educate people along the way whether it directly you know, benefits you or not. So I think I applaud you guys for uh, following the the evolutionary trend that I, I knew was coming, just didn't know when. So it's exciting to see. I mean, as we were talking earlier, you, you can't ignore the fundamentals. But as we think about that forward-looking price deck, what are your thoughts about the impact of a break-even cost increasing as it relates to, you know, there's a lot of talk about, tier one acreage starting to deplete and and things are going to get more expensive and then we've got inflationary issues how do you how do you guys feel about that environment and then where are you going to really ultimately focus Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of your you know utilizing the brain trust you've assembled yeah let me answer the first part walker you can answer the second part um so you're right david i mean the cost structure of the u.s shale business has gone up We've chewed through tier one inventory. Um, oil's been a pretty decent price and rig count's gone down. I mean, that sort of tells you all you need to know, which is the economics of this business at 275 gas and $75 crude aren't what they were five years ago. Sure. And so uh, I think that makes me really bullish on the macro because the U.S. has been the incremental source of supply and we can't do it at 65 or 60 or 55. Yeah. Um, at some point, maybe other lower priced barrels or lower cost barrels, Saudi, the Middle East, et cetera, will come back and be a, you know, the incremental barrel and we roll price, but it's going to take a while to get the international machine geared up. And so that gives us, I think this pretty clear window where not only is uh, international hasn't geared up, but domestic is more expensive and more disciplined i mean what a better world could you have for you know kind of a a a really nice period of profitability for the business yeah it's definitely it's definitely refreshing to see the industries actually kind of focus on making money and and providing return on invested capital uh i know i'm pleasantly surprised to see that discipline being executed the question is how long is that how long yeah i don't i don't think the bar is closed, right? The yeah. drunken sailors, the bar is closed right now. I think investors will be a key component of opening the bar. And I think when investors come back and say, your returns are so good, I can't believe you're not spending more money. I want you to spend more money. <laughs> Here's right? more. Right? That's the exact opposite of what they're saying now. And I think it will take, it's not going to happen in 24. Yeah. Maybe 25, but it's a couple years out and the good news is we can listen for it. Yeah. Right. It won't, it won't be a surprise. It won't be a, an earthquake. It will be a gradual shift. And, and so we just got to keep our ears open for it. And even then 
once investors open, you know, open the taps, if you will, it will still take a couple years for the industry to, to gear back up, if you will. So that hints, if it's not 24 and maybe it's not 25 and it takes a couple more years, all of a sudden it's 27, yeah. 28. Wow. Mm -hmm. This is still 23. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Whew. that's a lot of discipline. Yeah. I, I, we say this time to time. I, you know, I wish, I wish investors would, would follow, uh, you know, pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered and, and, you know, you know, being there for the long term as opposed to the sh short yeah. term. But yeah, well, your, your point about hundred dollar oil, um, oil's going to have to stay high for a while right. for people to believe it and then act on it. And I don't think we need hundred dollar oil. We, the government gets involved in SPR and all this kind of stuff. You know, we don't need a hundred dollar oil. I mean, give me 80, give me 85 for five years. I'd much rather have that than 120 for five months. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, you know, knock on wood, I'm sitting here as an energy guy at, hoping we don't have $100 oil. Right. Yeah. Weird, but to me, longevity translates to one, more money, right? The area under the curve, more money. And two, sort of more respect, better valuations. Wow, this industry gets it. This could last. They've learned. Well, I've, I've seen several charts from people over the years where we, we've seen these upticks in oil price, and the industry is really good at being reactive to that. And it seems like all profitability is out the window when we're reacting to that that uh, larger oil price um, as opposed to kind of steady eddy and being able to build a, build a franchise around that. But uh, the one thing I'm excited about the industry, maybe y'all can comment on this, is when you think about uh, resource development and recovery, um, you know, from a conventional perspective, pretty decent recovery. But from an unconventional perspective, I mean, we're we're leaving so much resource in the rock, it's, it's kind of crazy. And I, I think that uh, outside of the Tier 1 acreage, it's being interesting to see what ingenuity might come into play from a enhanced oil recovery technologies, whether it's, you know, chemically generated or artificial pressure or whatever it might be. Yeah. What are y'all's thoughts on, on that? Yeah. Well, I'm going to come back to that. You asked, uh, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, skipped the, skip the question on, on our focus areas and, and Walker's been dying to talk. Dying. I can <laughs> sense just, he yeah. needs to speak. So you might <laughs> talk about our focus he areas. He peaked then. his podcast bug. He's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, this is great. Yeah. I was um, just wondering, yeah, like, I guess we'll just start our own here. Paul. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is going to be great. No, we, the, the focus, it's a good question. The focus, I mean, if you think about how quickly things change, so it's funny to talk about a focus today. Think about, we were just talking about COVID, which feels like a long time ago, but it wasn't. <laughs> and even last, if you think about, let's, let's think about something we all love, college football. Last year, you would have told me that OU and Texas were the best teams in the Big 12, and OU was going to be favored to go to the national title game. Did you think about my alma mater, Texas Christian, TCU, go Frogs? No way. No. no. And, it, and it changed in a second. And so it's, it's funny when you think through our business quarter over quarter, it can change really quickly. So the focus today for us is we've been, we've been spending a lot of time in the Permian, the Eagleford, and the Haynesville. And we think there's going to be a lot of transactions in those three basins, either assets or, um, or companies. We have in-house right now an oil field services mandate. Um, we, our energy transition team is, has a carbon capture mandate and uh, an electric vehicle infrastructure mandate. So it, it's, it's funny. I would say with the new team and the new technical resources, it's going to be a focus on upstream in those basins. Um, but, but because now we have a, a full complement across the firm, depending on the division, um, we, we might very well look up in a quarter or two and have done transactions in an area that would have been second or third on the list. Would you say anything different? The only thing I'd add is is gas is the one thing that both short-term and long-term feels like, you know, is a coiled, bit of a coiled spring. And so, you know, I'd add probably the, the gas basins to, to your comment, Walker, just because I know that the team has some experience and focus there. Um, and And you're right. I mean, this is a, a business that can can shift quickly. Um, I think we're also going to be reactive to, to kind of what what our clients want us to do. So it's, yeah. it's pretty hard to say. But I do think it's it's safe to say 
we're going to have a domestic focus, you know, North America for sure. And, um, you know, our expectation is we'll be more focused on upstream and, and OFS than midstream just because of the, the skill sets of our people at this point. So that's an area we'll look to grow into over time. Did you hear how seamlessly he missed, he just kind of slid that TCU comment yeah. in yeah. like it was no big deal that we just were going to let that slide. I mean, college football starts. Yeah, they were great. Congratulations. You, you guys did dominate the big – thank you for beating us up all of last year. <laughs> Josh, can I talk about recovery? Please. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, th I think these guys, you know, the, the the they could talk about football forever. But your question was oil recovery and two thoughts. One is – when things get hard, folks start talking about efficiencies. Right. And so what that tells you is that just drilling another good location is getting harder. Right. And so when, when, you're, when the easy stuff gets hard, you start thinking, it's like, okay, <clears throat> my recovery is only 9% in shale. What if it was 15? And the answer is we got to see if technically that can happen. There's a lot of, you know, uh, enhanced oil recovery things in shale that are still pretty new, whether sure. it's flooding, you know, water flooding, gas flooding, whatever it is. And I think the answer is the higher oil stays and the longer it stays there, the more you can afford to make those science projects uh, become a reality. Uh, but I don't think it happens quickly. That sure. is, what was crazy about shale is it happened so fast. Mm. I mean, it, it took a decade, but I mean, if you think about it, I mean, we really accelerated in in a couple year time period. You know, oil went crazy. Everybody, you know, rig count went nuts, et cetera. Um, I think EOR is more gradual. So I think the recovery factor factor story is an ongoing effort because I think the economics will justify it, and I think it's technically more challenging. So sure. I don't think we have that breakthrough that we saw with horizontal drilling and fracking. So um, will we get more oil out? Yes. Will it be the story of, of the next downturn like shale was for the, this, you know, kind of boom and then bust? I think it'll be more gradual than that. Yeah. So we are in your conference room here in the Houston office, the headquarters of PEP, and I'm looking at your screen. You've got the one of the videos going down at the end of the, the room here is of your your biggest event that you guys throw called Teams Fest. That's coming up next month, September. Um, give the audience an idea of what Teams Fest is, what it's about, if you don't mind. I mean, a lot of it's you guys have an event. It's not a huge event as far as people go. It's relatively VIP. I mean, up 300, 350 people. So it's still it's not small by any means, but it's also not a 5,000 person. Uh, but give give the audience an idea of what that is all about. No, it's 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 our premier energy research conference and I and I and the reason that I say that is because it is emblematic of of kind of our D all of the above energy viewpoint over here it's technology energy and mobility fest because we're festive um, and and you can think of it as you're just as likely to have a panel on upstream issues or permeability or tier one versus tier two acreage as you are, you know, electric vehicle infrastructure and the way ahead for charging. And that was, that's different, right? We're, we're putting, we're putting both mm -hmm. under the same tent because, because our clients ask us for information about all of them. And so at, in Austin, um, in about a month and we pick Austin for, for obvious reasons, it's it's arguably the coolest city that we can get people to come to. Mm -hmm. um, great city, great city. Um, it's like the it's like the very cool airport lounge that you don't know exists, and then you go there and, and you're like, this this place is awesome. It's so, changed a lot. It's gotten there's a lot of cool stuff there. And and so we we bring you are likely to run into investors of ours in private equity or in some of our Sailing Stone Energy transition strategies. Um, public and private companies across the energy spectrum. All of our senior pet professionals are there. Um, and really, it's it to your point, it's not a blowout 5,000-person George R. Brown thing. This is, this is a really focused group of energy domain experts. And the energy, the way each person defines it might be a little bit different. 
it's not just an upstream conference. It's not a, a wind conference or a solar conference. We, we put it all under one roof. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of panel format, you know, bringing topics and bringing experts in to talk mm -hmm. about those topics. And so it's, I think we're doing a dozen panels and each one of them is like a mini podcast mm -hmm. where there's a moderator and, and smart people to talk about it. And, and there's plenty of opportunities for our institutional investors to do one-on-one -on -one meetings with companies. And, and that's, you know, traditional conference format. So we've got that, we've got the panels. Um, we like having it in Austin and um, it's, it's just a way to talk about the things that we think are important. And it's, it's, you know, we're three years, this is our third one. I think your 350 number's low. We'll probably have 500 okay. this year. Um, That's great. But still small enough that you can get, I think, high-quality interaction. So it's a it, it's a great time. I always you, – you, you, you talk about wanting to know the inside, how is the widget built, mm -hmm. right? Building a TeamsFest widget is a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> um, it, it takes so much work to – line up good panels and prep for those panels and send out invites and make sure the venues work and do dinners and all that sort of stuff. Um, I tell our, our team, it's like, we're going to friggin' spend so much time on this and then people show and it goes seamlessly. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what you hope is nobody notices, nobody knows all the work that you right. did because That's they just show up and do the things they want to do and they leave and go, wow, that was worth, worth, attending so you know that's the inside baseball is is you know hats off to anybody that ever puts on a conference because it's a lot of work um, but my selfish takeaway is I love going because I always I it it's kind of the charges me up for the back part of the year mm -hmm. right how what do I want to, how do I want a position for 24 really good information you know where's the industry growing I, I, I tend to get a lot of themes from an investment perspective, um, uh, that helps set me up for 24. So we're, we're excited about doing it. I always, I love seeing the mix of, of people from kind of different walks of the industry. And, uh, you know, I'll be exhausted. It's also, I consider it my birthday party. It's, it's I'm, my birthday's September 21st for anyone who wants to send me a gift. <laughs> and, and, our, and the conference runs from September 20th to the 22nd. So oh, this is definitely your birthday party. Yes, yeah. yes. So it's Dan Fest. Yes, I'm hoping for a cake and a big, a big uh, happy birthday song some point during it. I don't think you realize how big this audience is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there we Dan go. Dan likes <laughs> potatoes. Yeah. Please send him <laughs> Bags of potatoes. A couple yeah. years ago, we did one of these, and David threw out he, – he has a sat phone, and he threw out a sat number on there. I said, what are you doing? I go, do you know how many people are going to call you? We had to beep it out in the middle of the story. Like, this yeah. is the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. You're going to have people calling you from all over the place. Well, <laughs> the funny thing about Teams Fest, though, is if you – some people have taken a break from energy for obvious reasons for a couple of years, and maybe it hadn't been a focus of their firm. Um, it hadn't been a focus other than, you know, us industry folks. But, but – you can come to Teams Fest and get a master's degree in whatever is going on in two days. I mean, if you're there and you hit all the panels that Dan talks about, you're going to come away not only with, with real content, but, but a Rolodex of people to follow up with. You know, we hired last year um, – I don't think I've told you this story. So we – I was at a wedding um, – I was at a wedding of our babysitter outside of College Station in late May – God tell me why they somebody has an outside outdoor wedding in late May outside of College Station at a ranch. Walker, you're going to have to finish strong because this is like <laughs> a scary, scary start to a story. No, no this is yeah. good. right right now. Josh and Dave are like, oh no, no, this God. is this would be good. So I see this I see this poor bastard with an empty beer running chasing three young kids, maybe four, uh, two parenthood. Yeah, and so so the bar was too far away for it being so hot. So I brought this guy beer and I said. Oh, man, I've been there because I have three kids, 14, 12, and 10. And I said, here you go. You need this. I said, what do you do? And he says, well, I'm, I'm a scientist. And I was like, well, cool. What do you science? And he says, well, I work at Los Alamos National Laboratories, and um, I'm a Ph.D. And my areas of expertise are subsurface permeability and carbon capture and sequestration. <laughs> and I said, wow. He goes, what do you do? I go, I work at a bank. Not important. Let's, let's keep talking about you. 
And that guy, Dr. Nathan Welch, um, we ended up hiring. Wow. He's here, and he is uh, a technical resource, not unlike a geologist or a geophysicist or sure. an engineer here, that that is helping our upstream investment banking team, our energy transition investment banking team, writing some papers. And the way that I think about the act of actually bringing him on board, you know, brought him over. He's yep. never spent a day in a financial services company, and three months later he was working one as a director. Um, that's how kind of we're tackling. That's how you should think about us as a firm, entrepreneurial. I love and it. We go, and we go, at, you know, see a poor guy running after <laughs> yeah. three kids, give him a beer. And and it's emblematic of also Teams Fest, right? He's He had done work for some of the majors on upstream permeability, and he's also a carbon capture mm -hmm. expert. He's a perfect example of, of Dr. Welch, of somebody who can bridge both, and that's, that's kind of Teams Fest. You know, I went to Teams Fest last year, and – Dan and I did an EIT podcast there, um, but just from as I started this podcast, it's it's good to be back on the O three sixty podcast as kind of old home week. This is for twenty five years I've been a manufacturer of all things oil and gas equipment, from BOPs to frac pumps, anything in, in that world. And when you want to go into the energy and transition world, there's not a lot of places you can go learn, and it's very difficult to find good information. And where do you go talk to people? And I, I went to the Teams Fest. At conference to kind of learn and listen and you get there and you're like all right there's this panel on that on whatever you want to hear but then there's your your oil and gas guys and you're like oh this is a complete you know it's a complete conference really i mean it's it it wasn't just what i thought it was going to be so i know i'll be interested to see are you guys working in your the new partners into this teams festival they're going to be speaking there as well um or have some involvement they're, they're moderating a panel okay um and we'll be obviously doing some of the one-on-ones and other company-specific kind of introductions and networking. Okay. Uh, so yeah, as I as I mentioned earlier, we've been in process for months, and so they've been instrumental in kind of the formation of a couple of these panels, some of the guests that are coming. Okay. So great. We're they're fully wrapped in. Great. Yeah. Well, is there anything I've missed? We talked about. You got any questions for? The gentleman? No, I, I'd say thematically, I, I, I've been uh, fortunate enough to go to the first team's fest and the second team's fest. And um, is there anything thematically that y'all are going to really be pushing this year? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. So when I think about the, so we're going to talk about this this top this question of inventory in in uh, shale basins and what that means. We've got uh, a discussion around private equity and how private equity go plays on a go-forward basis because that world has changed in the last yes. five years. LNG, uh, you know, how the U.S. plays in the LNG business is, is another theme that we'll talk through. Um, we've got a couple of, you know, renewable, kind of renewable fuel discussions. Um, I think we're going to do something on RNG as well. Yep. And so... Cow farts. Yeah. <laughs> um, we thought about that as a title for one of the panels, and <laughs> it was and cut. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, we're we are happy to be. This is the Oilfield 360 yes, podcast. We are happy to be irreverent <laughs> and push the envelope, and that was too much for even us. Yeah. And so, um, uh, yeah, I'll I'll reserve the cow farts for my Twitter, yeah. not not for Teams Fest. But um, you know, I think, and 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 the other good part is that what I I'm always excited to know is what actually we think these are the themes that everybody wants to talk about. What comes out of the cocktail parties? What comes yeah. out of the sidebar conversations? You know, what are the themes that we need to be adding for a discussion, you know, three months from now or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So, um, but that's, that's a snapshot of a couple of things we'll talk about. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I always thought it'd be an um, interesting group of people in the audience know a lot of folks there. And uh, to your point, it's, it's always interesting to get the uh, cocktail party discussion. Exactly, exactly. And, well, and I think the uh, w one last thing, sorry, is I think um, the other thing that I look for, and we're seeing it a little bit in the registrations, is that there are some new faces. Yeah. And so I think this industry, right, it, in terms of the institutional investor, shrank. It's starting to expand again. Um, 
I, I always like to use conference attendance, whether it's ours or, you know, some of the fall conferences in, mm -hmm. in New York. Attendance and the type of attendees, you watch that to see where sentiment is. Sentiment's, I wouldn't say it's enthusiastic, but it's starting to, to, to improve. And, and you see that with the folks who are like, I haven't done an energy conference in three years, but I'm coming. You know, so green shoots. There are green shoots in the space. Nice. Well, um, Walker, unless there's something I've missed, I'm going to wrap us up here. I will t let the audience know here. They have, if you come by and visit Pickering Energy Partners, <laughs> they have something that is very unique. Dan mentioned 1996 earlier. They have something here that you also haven't seen since 1996, and that is clearly Canadians. The sparkling water from Canada. They're delicious. We're supporters of the Canadian oil and gas industry as well. <laughs> I mean, this is – I didn't even know they still existed. Thank you for this. I appreciate this. Um, Speaking of the Canadian oil and gas industry, I was, I was, uh, I was in Banff uh, last week for the uh, Canadian Energy Executive Association deal. And uh, I've been invited before, but uh, that, was a, that was a special – deal alex epstein was one of the keynote speakers which was which was great uh but they 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 get their business done first part of the week and then the end of the week it is party on wayne it's it's full-on like costume party golf black tie cocktail it's like a like they took mardi gras i was giving mark richard a hard time at Alberta about this said, what do you do do you convince these guys to do like a canadian version of mardi gras at the end of this conference it's Pretty spectacular. I highly encourage you to attend. The bar has been raised yes. for Teams Fest, evidently. Yeah. Well, thank you for the Clearly Canadians. They're delicious, I guess is my point. Um, David, thank you for letting me jump in on your podcast. Yeah, well, you know. With my co-host extraordinaire, Mr. Yeah. Dan Pickering. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's been very great this morning. <laughs> Did you hear how he, a minute ago, when he, he said, Josh, can I basically keep going when I – when I cut him off on something that's talking about college football. If you ever listen to the EIT podcast, he does that to us over there too. He's, I'll try to jump in with all his smart friends, and he'll notice that I'm screwing something up. And he's like, thanks, Josh. Uh, we're going to just move on if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate the invitation, and it was great to be on Oilfield 360 podcast. And I, I look forward to hearing how all of our jokes come across in, it's gonna be in great. the final version. Now, we wish you guys the best of luck. Congratulations on your success. Congrats on the new team. Uh, looking forward to seeing you guys at Teams Fest as well. So it's going to be a great couple of weeks for you guys. Th Thanks, Congrats. guys. Thanks, Dave. Look Thanks, them up Josh. real quick on uh, PickeringEnergyPartners.com. Um, Teams Fest information is there. They just put – I saw the Reuters press release out today. Is there any other info I should tell people to go look? Dan's Twitter account is always pretty funny. Dan's Twitter account is active. At Pickering Energy. At Pickering Energy. Dan, uh, David, you want me to plug anything while we're – Traveling out here. No, I think we're all good. Check us out on all the socials. We'll fill 360. Go from there. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thank you. The Oil Field 360 podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors Locked In Global Energy and Marine, uncommonly independent. Locked In is the world's largest privately owned insurance broker and risk finance advisor. Locked In's global energy expertise is centered in Houston and represents the largest concentration of energy specialists, clients, and experiential knowledge in the upstream, midstream, and downstream segments of the oil and gas industry. Visit LockedIn.com for more information. Upright Digital. Upright Digital specializes in partnering with your business to maximize marketing efficiencies. We have a deep understanding of people, their needs, motivations, behaviors, as well as the technologies that enable brands in many industries to utilize what is available in a changing digital landscape. Find us online at uprightdigital.com.